name is Sonia Lovell and I am obsessed with helping women navigate the magical, messy and, let's be honest, more hysterical moments of this thing called menopause. I'm a personal trainer and breast cancer survivor turned menopause coach. I help women understand what's going on, why and what they can do to navigate the menopausal transition. Gloss over the real talk? No way! Exhaustion, brain fog, loss of libido, loss of confidence and anxiety are just some of the topics that we'll chat about. Consider this a juicy happy hour with your new bestie and her friends. Settle in and get ready to learn and laugh. This is the Dare Menopause Podcast. Today's episode is a bit of a giggly, girly chat between myself and Lyndall Sterenberg. Lyndall wanted to solve a problem that women face each summer, and so she went on to launch a women's swimwear business. We chat through what was the spark of an idea she had that led her to have a complete change of career to go on to create as sooner. Enjoy this chat. Hi, Lyndall. How are you? Hi, Sonia. I'm really well, thank you. Amazing. And thank you so much for joining us today. So why don't we kick things off? Tell us a little bit about who you are and why you're here today. Okay. So I turn 52 next week. (laughs) Happy birthday for next week. (laughs) Thank you very much. Um, And I'm here today to talk about... um, Esuna, my business, and um, to speak with you because I met you at Silver Sirens at the conference that was held recently in Sydney. And since then, I've been listening to your podcast and learning um, about menopause, the symptoms, what's happening, because personally, I'm um, yet to achieve it. I consider it a goal in life. (laughs) It's a goal in life. I love that. (laughs) No, haven't achieved that goal yet. Yeah, I love that. That's such a great, a great mindset and great attitude to have, I think. (laughs) I think from my family, I mean, my mum had a hysterectomy um, when I was a child. I think she was Mm. in her early 40s. So I don't have the lived experience of learning from my mother about that. So she um, had a hysterectomy and just soldiered on never spoke about it. As they it. did. Yeah. And it would have been quite <laughs> horrific for her as well. The, um, the symptoms that she, cause it's v- having, um, surgically induced menopause, which is, you know, what a, a, a hysterectomy is, is, um, the same as the medically induced medical pause that I had. And it is every, you get all of the symptoms all at once and they are intensified. So, you know, I, I absolutely take my hat off to the ladies that, you know, went through this, 40, 20, 40 years ago that, um, you know, d- did just soldier on and there was no HRT or, you know, support at all really from the, their um, their specialists and probably their families as well. So, yeah, I take my hats off to my hats. I have many yeah. hats. I take my hat off to them. That's right. Well, we just knew she had an operation, didn't even, menopause mm. didn't even come into the discussion. No. No. <laughs> Different times, anyway, unfortunately. Yeah, let me talk about me a little bit. So um, 52 next week, child of the 70s. Um, Professionally, I've been working in um, marketing and consulting to professional services firms. So that's my history of being a consultant in the corporate world. Mm -hmm. And then in 2016, um, 
had a little bit of a epiphany, I suppose, wanting to follow a passion. I mean, I do love my work with professional services firms, but we had um, an experience on the beach and and I thought, hmm, that's something I might like to investigate. So tell us about that experience okay. that you had because it sounds very <laughs> mystical. Ooh, I had an experience mysterious. on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> if you were in Ibiza and there was, you know, a hot man involved, this would yeah. be a whole different podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. But no, uh, it was on Phillip Island in Victoria. So um, we go there every Christmas and I've got three kids and my middle daughter um, was 12 mm-hmm. and she she just wanted a new rashi. I've always been really sun smart with my kids. They've always been slathered in sunscreen and they always wore rashies. But when she hit 12, um, she was growing into a young lady and she wanted an, a new rashi because hers was <laughs> dangling down at her knees. <laughs> now, I'm going to interrupt you just for one second and explain to my beautiful listeners that are not based in Australia that a rashi is a rash vest in Australia, we like to shorten everything and put an IE on the end of it. So right. a rashi is a rash vest, which is a an item of clothing that you would wear as sun protection. So it's, you know, usually looks like a T-shirt or a long sleeve shirt, something like that, just in case anyone's listening going, a oh, what? <laughs> yeah. And it's made out of bather fabric. So they were originally invented for um, bodyboarders because mm-hmm. the bodyboard, um, you'd get a rash on your the rash on when the you chest. were bodyboarding. Yeah. 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 So they were originally. Um, oh, hence the name, Rash Vest. Rash, yeah, rash Vest. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> there you are, folk history. <laughs> well, they say but you should learn something originally... every day. I've learned my thing today. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Um, but that's what they were invented for. But obviously being made from bather fabric, it's a really tight weave and so it's sun protective fabric as well. Mm-hmm. And in Australia, we're all aware of um, melanoma. The most It's the most common cancer affecting 20 to 39-year-olds. It's amazingly prevalent. Somebody's diagnosed every 30 minutes with melanoma in Australia. Yeah. So sun protection's a big deal. It is. So anyway, in Australia, for those who don't live here, uh, rashies are pretty common especially little kids yeah. especially little kids yeah and so at the time uh this was uh, i think it was about 2016 um anyway she wanted a new rashi we went all over phillip island to all the surf shops all the swimwear shops to try and find a rashi she didn't want it to fit like a glove mm. and often like a rashi is really tight fitting because they're very body hugging aren't they yeah yeah and doesn't flatter every figure and she was a bit self-conscious um, and she just wanted a, a T-shirt and she was only able to find a men's size 18 to do the job. And that's pretty embarrassing for a young girl. having A 12-year-old girl, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and she wasn't big. It's just hmm. that it was just, her that's ambition what she needed. to have something loose-fitting, that's what it was. And I just thought, you know, there's got to be a better answer mm. out there for young girls like her. And then we went back to the beach that afternoon and I looked around me and I thought, God, most of the women on the beach are fully dressed. Mm. And I just thought, this is actually not just her problem. And I didn't wear a rashi either. Like I just wore a T-shirt or a caftan or some sort of beach dress. That didn't give you the sun protection. No, because... um, Caftans especially and sarongs, it's not a very tight weave and the sun just goes straight through and burns you, Um, especially linen and things like that. People don't realise it's not actually offering much sun protection. 
But um, that sort of led me to research. And when I went home, I scoured the internet trying to find a rashy solution that was flattering rather than figure hugging. Mm. And for women um, my age at the time and women my age now, <laughs> um, often we don't want something that fits like a sausage skin. No. You know, managing our weight and, and our body shape changes as we get older yep. and we want something to flatter. And mm. I just couldn't find anything appropriate. Um, so I thought I'd invent my own. <laughs> well, hats off to you. I love, and I love that, you know, your brain, you know, and that's probably your your marketing brain is, you know, kind of fired up by that experience of, you know, those two things of realising that, that you couldn't find anything and she couldn't find anything. Um, and then going back to the beach and then recognising that, Actually, there were a whole host of other women that were without asking them, but assuming they were all in the same situation and then taking that idea and running with it. I think that's amazing. Yeah, but I did have a problem with that idea because I'd never done fashion design before. Mm. Okay. <laughs> and Everything and is figure outable and you obviously figured it out. Absolutely. Well, when I was in year 10 and I did work experience um, in high school, I actually did it at a fashion designer's. Uh-huh. And then, uh, so it was a passion back then, and then I just tucked it away and thought, oh, I'll, I'll never earn money doing that. Like, we often do that when we think of creative we pursuits do. and instead of following our passion, we actually put our sensible cap on and try and make a living. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm really lucky to be at the stage in my life where I I can pursue a passion and <laughs> try to make a living out of it. <laughs> I know, it's amazing. So let's go. So you went home, you did your research. What what kind of yeah. were the next steps from there? Okay. So I did um, desk-based research and mm-hmm. then I also did a survey um, myself um, mm-hmm. of women aged, I think they were over 35 to 60. And I found in that survey, and this was a number of years ago, that 70% wanted to set an example for, our, for their children by wearing rashies and some protective clothing, yep. but only 10% did, wow. likely because they had the problem that we had. We couldn't find something. What a huge suit. gap. Yeah. And 60% of these women I surveyed didn't want people to look at them in bathers. Mm. I didn't want to walk around on the beach. Didn't with want bathers. to walk so around body on confidence beach. is huge. It's a huge. It's a huge issue. Yeah. And then I found a British survey on body confidence and um, that I think it was through an anorexia foundation, but it's, it's still regarding body confidence. 36% mm-hmm. of women stopped doing exercise because they were embarrassed about how they looked while they were doing it. While they were exercising. Yep. Yeah. I've and heard that stat before being in the yeah. fitness industry and um, it is just, it's such a soul destroying fact for me that, you know, I mean, I, I absolutely can connect with the women that that don't want to parade around on the beach in this swimsuit and but I've never transpired that into exercise for me because that's not something that I've ever been concerned about but I mm. you know and then learning that I just found heartbreaking because you know exercise is so important and it's something that everybody should be doing and nobody should ever feel they can't do it for, out of fear of judgment or mm. you know coming from that place of um you know shame i guess as well is is a driver behind those feelings too yeah and out of all the reading i did it's self judgment that is the worst mm-hmm. so uh, and and fashion is one of those remarkable things that can make you feel good 
like it might sound super. You can go both ways. On. It can go both ways, can't yeah. it? <laughs> it can go both ways. But you know, wearing a certain color can can lift mm. your spirits. And wearing certain styles or brands can can lift your spirits. So I thought that if I can create a beachwear brand that um, helps more women to enjoy summer, that's a really good thing that I could do. So yeah. it's taken me years to sort of settle on my mission, which is for all women to enjoy summer. I love that. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. Yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, <laughs> we still um we still get so much marketing from the fitness industry as well as, you know, the the, the beauty industry as well as a as a, a problem here too. And it's that you need a beach body. Summer's coming, get your beach body. And it's it makes me makes my blood boil to be honest because everybody has a body. And it goes to a beach. That exactly. is a beach body. <laughs> <laughs> but also, it frustrates me that that um, you know the the sort of movement to embrace how you look, which I do agree that you know it's all great if we think that we look good and we feel good about how we look. But but there is a movement to say, oh well, you have to wear revealing clothes or run around naked so you can show people that you embrace. And and you don't. My opinion is that. Well, that's not right for me, and mm. I'm sure that that's not right for many women. If I choose what I wear to cover up something that I want to cover up, mm-hmm. <laughs> then that's an acknowledgement. And if I if it doesn't stop me from doing anything, or if I can choose things to wear that sort of liberate me to do something, then that's terrific. Yeah, um, yeah, I, mm. I agree. So then, tell us about now. So, Esuna, Esuna, yes, Esuna. Sorry. S. Una was named after my grandma, Una. Okay, yeah. And I couldn't get una.com.au. <laughs> so I thought, I've got to find some sort of variation of her name um, for my business. And I wanted to call my business after her because uh, two, two things really. She used to um, apply her lipstick every day before she walked out the front door. And I remember as a little kid, you know, watching her apply it and she blotted it with a tissue. It was, that was, that's how we it was a little, makeup. sounds like it was almost like a little ritual for her. Yeah, it was a ritual and it gave her a boost of confidence to take yeah. on the day. And it was just one of those things that she reapplied all the time. And I just thought, yeah, that's the little thing that she does to make her feel confident. I love that. And so that, that I wanted that spirit in my brand of, of swimwear. Mm-hmm. And the other thing about my grandma um, that relates to my business is that she was a real um, early adopter. So Mm -hmm. any new food at the supermarket, she got it before anyone else got it. Any sort of medical treatment, she got it before anyone else did it. She was doing, um, you know, needling for arthritis well before Mm -hmm. it became fashionable or or popular. (laughs) This is is years ago. (laughs) Wow. The 2000s. So she was just one of those women who thought, oh, that's something new. I'll give it a try. And so I wanted that spirit to be part of um, the name of my business. So so researching what else could I add to um, Una to have a name for my business. So S Una um, was the result and it's she is in Spanish. Uh Ah, I l- also, I love that. Yeah, Isn't yeah, that I do that makes because it up straight, doesn't it? It does because <laughs> it takes you. It's that ownership, isn't it? It's yeah. It 
to me, it really does um, emote confidence and um, power, stepping into your power, you know. Oh, I love that. That's brilliant. Yeah. (laughs) So that's where the name came from. I love that so much. So where have you evolved to? Obviously, um, you know, six years ago was when this idea, I'm sure there was, you know, a period of all of your research and development and having to learn how to design and get things made. And I'm sure that there were testing and sampling and all of that sort of thing. Where are you at today? Yes. Okay. So I, it took me two years to actually launch my own online website. So this summer coming up now is my fifth summer season. Mm-hmm. Um, if it ever becomes summer, because summer. the weather <laughs> weather's been completely crazy. <laughs> I keep on thinking, no, sun might come out tomorrow. But, I know. Um, yeah. <laughs> Bet our bottom dollar that tomorrow there'll be sun. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. It will come. Yeah. <laughs> it will come. Yeah, I know. Unfortunately, in, in Australia in particular, we you know, summer has has eluded us for what feels like a good couple of years now. But um Yeah, so it's yeah. coming. So this year will be my fifth season. Um and la- at the end of last year, I decided that I really needed to step into Esuna as my main, my main business. Yeah. So that's what I did last summer, and it's really helped me to, um, well, believe in the business more. Because when it's a side gig, it's like oh, at the end of the day, you kind of fit in things to do. Yeah, but when it's, it's that your primary, almost isn't it? Yeah, but when it's your primary focus, it's what you wake up in the morning to do each day. So that's been a huge um, learning experience for me in my personal development, mm-hmm. um, you know, regaining the passion of when I first launched it, um, to believe in myself and the vision again today, which has been really, really good. Um, but also a lot in the landscape, the retail landscape's changed yeah. a lot, um, especially this year. During COVID, it was, it really was gangbusters. Everybody was buying online and it was online. a really... exciting time and because I'm Australian made Mm -hmm. that was another thing in my favor yep um yeah but since COVID's over the retail the retail landscape's changing shifting again yeah yeah it's really yeah I think it's a new structure evolving you sell online obviously do you wholesale into retail stores as well like can women go into any stores to find your product that sort of thing well, that's that's the big change. So I did a mail out um, in August. So I have been selling through some retailers, and in mm-hmm. August I did a mail out to about two hundred um, retailers. They don't all stock me. Some are prospects, and some are, um, sell my product. And about thirty um, percent were returned to sender, which means the business is oh, not there so the anymore. Businesses have closed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I see. So that's huge. Yeah, yeah that is thirty percent. That's a- Big chunk of your. And even some of the marketplaces that I use are changing the structure of the way they operate as well. So it's, yeah, it's it's an interesting time. So building direct business is my focus. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty well. Good. Well, that's amazing. (laughs) I'm so pleased to hear that. So talk us through the products that you do, you do have with the Asuna line. Yep. So they're all rashies so they're mm-hmm. tops bottoms and dresses that you wear over your bathers or shapewear or whatever you want to wear underneath <laughs> so yep. some women wear 
bras and knickers. Um, other women wear their bathers. Yep. And I have to report that I now wear a bikini under mine, whereas <gasps> wow. I never thought I'd wear a bikini again. And I'm, yeah, I was going to say, I'm assuming it's been a while <laughs> since you wore a bikini. That's fantastic. So th- having that, the rashy, the outerwear to, to kind of be able to cover up with, I guess, once you've, you know, yep. Has made you comfortable enough to wear a bikini again on the beach. I think that's amazing. <laughs> you can't see the bikini, but I've got one, and and I like that because. But, but you know that you're wearing your bikini, yeah, so therefore right. you've, you know, you've you've taken on that energy, and you're um you're embodying the confidence that comes with that, and I, yeah. you know, that within itself is powerful. Yeah, that's good, and so that you know, for me, wearing a bikini means I can choose an underwire that supports mm-hmm. me better. Yep. for example, rather Much than... Much easier to um, go to the bathroom. And more practical. <laughs> I'm an extremely <laughs> practical person. <laughs> you are. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's what I do every summer. Um, so my, I like the, um, I like wearing a dress and I also <laughs> like wearing the swim shorts because they've got a really lovely flat, um, wide waistband that I really like okay. to flatten my stomach. So that's what I like wearing. But the, the designs are really based on... Um, highlighting or covering different areas of your body that you want to highlight or or you don't want to highlight so there's most of the um, range has shoulder protection because sun protection is is a big deal yeah and in fact since I've launched what I what I was considering would be body confidence as in I don't like the size that I am Mm-hmm. has actually ended up addressing so many body confidence issues that are a result of um treatments like many women who have cancer treatment have to limit their uv exposure that's right yeah and it's and it's really really rewarding when i get feedback from a a customer who's who's bought one of my rashies um so a lady in queensland called me she said linda i just had to call you i look after my grandchildren every holidays and grandpa takes them down the beach and i stay at home because of the UV radiation, she can't go in the sun for very long. And she said, I can now take my grandchildren to the beach every day. Wow, that's life-changing. It's really life-changing. And that, I, that's... Yeah, no, <laughs> and you... Your sh- heart, doesn't it? It does, it does. <laughs> and, you know, feedback like that really, you know, solidifies for you why you're doing what you're doing and, you know, Running a business is not easy and, you know, what you have done where you've stepped into an industry where, you know, you have had no experience, you know, so it's hard at times and, you know, it's but it's the feedback like that that makes it all worthwhile and. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Another lady had, um, is it lymphedema when you have swollen? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have swelling. So she had one arm that was bigger than the other Mm. with with lymphedema. So she felt really self-conscious going to the beach because she didn't, she yeah. didn't like the way she, people could see that she had one arm bigger than the other. So now she wears one of my long sleeve dresses and, and nobody can tell. So, I mean, that is just, I just think that's really wonderful. And that's what I, I want to grow my business because I want to help more women. Mm. Mm. Love that. And, um, yeah, I, I think that what you're doing is incredible. And still Australian made, so making locally. Yeah, so well, I've been made in Adelaide for um, I think three years, and the first year I made out of Melbourne. But you know, another consequence of COVID is my manufacturer just closed down two weeks ago. Oh, okay. So, so <laughs> poor, 
fortunately, another business has bought them. So I will be able to make, you know, continue to make in Adelaide next season. Okay, great. So, I mean, that's just an example of the turbulence. Yeah, no, but the turmoil and the. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to be ready to, you know, be proactive and and change the way you operate. Yeah. Yeah. It's that flexibility, isn't it, that you have to have as a business owner and being able to pivot really quickly when something does present itself where you go, oh, okay, I wasn't expecting that and troubleshooting it and moving. If that means moving (laughs) in a direction that's different (laughs) to what you thought you'd be doing, being able to go with that. Yeah, absolutely. The the other thing that's really important is the is the sun protective element of Esuna. Um, and I did a promotion the other week with Adelaide Fashion Week, and I partnered up with Skin Check Champions, mm-hmm. who are they're um, promoting for a national campaign for melanoma awareness, and they do um, like pop up check stations around uh, a lot of regions in Australia, actually. But what I was, um, I had a stall in the mall. A stall in the mall, yeah. In the mall, and I was promoting um, getting a skin check. Yeah. Um, along with my SunSafe stuff, and and I had two women come up to me, and one of them said, "Oh, that's so important. Skin check so important. I had melanoma. What a great idea this is. Blah blah blah." And her girlfriend, and I said to her girlfriend, "Here, would you like to take um, a card?" because it had this QR code to book your mm-hmm. skin check appointment in. And she said, no, no, I, I haven't had my skin checked. And I said, ever? And she said, no. And I said, but your, your friend has had melanoma. Has that not spurred you on to take some sort of um, you know, risk strategy? <laughs> and she said, I can't bear the thought of it because I don't want somebody to be looking at my body. Oh, wow. I know. And she was a very slim lady. Um, But I just, you know, my body confidence journey with Esuna, it's it's not just swimwear. Women all over have um, body confidence issues that that stop them enjoying life or taking on healthy behaviours. Seeing a specialist to just have a check that could literally save your life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. That's not where I thought you were going to go with that story. I thought it was going to be around no. the fear of actually finding that she had had a diagnosis and she needed to then deal with it. Um, yeah, I didn't expect that. That's that's really sad. No, no. But I, but I learn things like that every day, and that's the other interesting thing about running a business with, um, you know, that that helps in the sun protection is you do learn a lot mm. about people's journeys and yeah. yeah. So it's been super, super interesting. Yeah, I'm sure it has. Mm. Well, I love that you have, I love so much about your story. Um, You know, there is the body image, you know, part of everything that's built into it. There's the, I love, you know, I'm a huge advocate for for women stepping into their power and, you know, chasing a dream, you know, and a goal and putting themselves out there to do that. And you have absolutely done that. Um, you know, and you know the the the, the life saving side of you know the sun protection and that that you know championing melanoma awareness and all of that sort of thing. I think is also incredibly important. I think Lindell, you're doing an amazing, amazing job, and you should be <gasps> very, you very proud much. of of what you've created and the difference that you're making in the lives of so many. I think it's it's rewarding hearing about the difference. That's that's the most rewarding part. 
And I'm sure that's the same with you and your business and having this yeah. podcast and training people. Like it's seeing others thrive. That's right. Yeah, is a reward in itself, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, because uh, we take our own knowledge for granted often, and yeah, and it's passing that that on to others that makes can make such a difference for some people, yeah. particularly some women. Absolutely. So I have two questions for you um, related to your business. The first one is, what advice would you have for um, a woman who is perhaps really struggling with her? self-confidence as a result of having some some body image issues um you know from the conversations you've had from your own experience what what is your one big piece of advice that you would pass on the joy of getting involved in something again um is reward for trying to overcome your insecurities and and so many so many women when i do um when they come and see my range oh i don't go to the beach anymore and it's, well, well, why don't you? Did you used to like going to the beach? Oh, I absolutely loved it when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. And I and the enabling people to get back to the beach is, like, it's a thrill. I, I had one lady had a, um, uh, like, overgrowth of hair in mm-hmm. her body. Mm-hmm. So she didn't go to the beach because wearing the bathers bat. is too revealing for her. And, yeah. and she wrote to me and said, Linda, I went to the beach with my kids the other day. And she said, I'm going to do that all the time. Yeah. And that it's brave taking those steps. It is. It's very brave. It's really yeah. brave. Um, but taking, overcoming those challenges and, and really um, being courageous. Yeah. Yeah. The re- reward of the new experiences that you can have as a result is is a great reward. It is, isn't it? And uh, it was interesting while we were just talking then, I was thinking that, you know, we should also maybe talk about the fact that it's maybe not even just the beach that some people are being prohibited from doing, you know, it might be going to their local pool and swimming laps that maybe they used to enjoy when they were younger and, you know, now don't, you know, um, maybe, you know, they, that could also be something that they're missing out on now. Um, you know, there are so many reasons that we hide our bodies away that, um, you know, could be overcome by having something as simple as the product that, you know, you've, yeah. you've created where while you're doing it. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And my <laughs> next question is what advice do you have for a woman who is perhaps sitting, listening to this, that's had an idea, a spark of an idea in a head from a business perspective, but not really ever either had the courage or the knowledge to actually go out and execute it. What, what advice do you have for her? I my advice is um, listen to podcasts that are about whatever the topic is you're interested in. Okay. Um, which I because I think getting an education is the biggest liberator of, of all. So whatever you're interested in, get an education. Podcasts are super easy because you can walk the dog and listen to a podcast. So accessible. Yeah, and then if you something sparks your interest, you can go home and research it online um the other thing i would recommend is joining a community where you can talk about whatever your idea is um and i would not be afraid about your idea being stolen Mm. i think that's such a strange (laughs) it's a strange thing because an idea has no value until it's implemented yeah that's right yeah yeah and and your passion is what drives and implements and, and derives the value from an idea so workshopping ideas with friends or joining some sort of community, whether it's a Facebook group 
or like a short course for other people are trying to learn similar things to you, that is really, really valuable. Yeah, instead of holding it in and feeling like you need to protect it and not talk about it because somebody might run off with it and make it their idea. Yeah, I think that's really valuable yeah. advice. Yeah, I think we've probably <laughs> all experienced that at some point where there's been something that we've just wanted to hold in close and guard. And uh, yeah, it's getting it out there and having the conversations that can actually change be the difference between whether you do something or whether you don't. Yeah. I met, um, I went to a trade show in Melbourne in August and the lady in the stall next to me um, happens to be an Adelaide fashion designer as well. And we've been meeting every week since then. And my business growth since meeting her, just because she's so motivating and having Mm -hmm. someone who's got the same challenge as you and really a day that looks just like mine is really... um, I find it's a kinship. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? It me. also reminds me that, you know, that is one of the beauties of working or, or, or partnering with other women is women don't always have that tendency to be competitive about, you know, working like I'm in this, I'm doing the same thing as you. So therefore I'm not going to share my ideas with you and I'm not going to talk to you because you might, like you said earlier, run off with my idea. I don't, I mm. think women are, are so much more supportive of each other that that competitive doesn't actually really become a thing. No, collaborating is what helps you grow. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's something uh, that I really believe in. Mm. Yeah, awesome. I love that. All right, we're going to wrap our wonderful conversation up and I'm going to ask you the same question I asked many of my guests and that is, what are you reading, watching or listening to right now that is bringing you joy? Okay, so I should pick a podcast as I've just spruiked the benefits of them. But I, I'm not. I'm going to. I'm going to pick um, a TV series called The Empress mm-hmm. about Queen Elizabeth of Austria, and it has the most beautiful costumes that I've ever seen in my life on that series. And every, I, I of course, I binge watched it over two nights. Um, and what platform was this on? <laughs> what platform are you binging? I think it's Netflix, actually. Okay. I think it's. I'll Netflix, find it yeah. and I'll link it in the show notes for anyone that's listening and interested. Well, the I just overwhelms by how beautiful the costumes are. Oh wow! So yeah, it's filmed in Austria and it's just make it's magnificent to watch. Yeah, brilliant! The Empress. <laughs> the Empress. Excellent. Lyndall, thank you so much for sharing that with us, but also thank you so much for sharing your story, um, your amazing um, swimwear brand or your Rashi brand. And I'm going to make sure everything is linked through to in the show notes so that if any women are interested in finding your products, and I highly recommend that they do um, to, uh, you know, it's the start of summer here. We are going to have summer. I'm being positive. We are. That's right. It's time to... (laughs) Find yourself a nice piece of um, a rashi or a dress or something that you can get out, get out, enjoy the the pool, the beach, the wherever it is that you hang, and uh, make the most of your summer. Absolutely, <laughs> thank you very much, Sonia. Thank you for listening today. I am so grateful to have these conversations with incredible women and experts, and I'm grateful that you chose to hit play on this episode of Dear Menopause. If you have a minute of time today, please leave a rating or a review. I would love to hear from you because you are my biggest driver for doing this work. 
If this chat went way too fast for you and you want more, head over to stellarwomen.com.au slash podcast for the show notes. And while you're there, take my midlife quiz to see why it feels like midlife is messing with your head.